Hello, you are listening to Freedom in Christianity, a blog and podcast by Father Anthony Paul. Freedom in Christianity is focused on exploring the faith as seen through the love of God, which comes only by freedom. Father Anthony Paul is a priest of the Coptic Orthodox Diocese of Los Angeles and a member of the St. Paul Brotherhood. This podcast is brought to you by Anaphora Radio. And now, Father Anthony Paul. So I've recounted this story that happened years ago while retreating for a couple of months at a monastery. I think the message of it is relevant to all the stuff going on right now and the moods that this stuff carry with it. So it was my first year on a long retreat that will be pertinent to this story. Prior to this retreat, I'd only stay a handful of days before the monastery told me I had to leave. This time I had a room arranged for me through a beloved father and I was going to get my fill. So I arrived at my room and I received my key, and the monk told me, this is the only key in existence for this room. You cannot lose it. So I took it. No problem. Losing keys isn't my thing. Not a day or two later, I decided I was going to trek in the mountains. And the canteen of the monastery is only about 20 meters or 60 feet from my door. The distance is a straight line. You walk out your door, walk in a straight line, you go to the canteen. I had been assigned to work regular hours in the canteen, so it was natural for me to go there to inform somebody that I was going to be in the mountains so that they don't worry about me. There weren't any cell phones in those those glory days. Upon telling my friends that I'd be leaving, I realized that I had forgotten my Bible and journaling tools in my room. So I put my hand in my front pocket where the key should be so that I could go retrieve them. There was but one problem. No key was found in my pocket. We searched up and down and retraced the literally straight line from the canteen to my room. The key was gone. Just gone. Great, I thought. I'm going to get wrecked. So I'm now in a panic. Will Abuna hate my guts? Mm, Likely. That's what I was thinking. I enter into a frenzy and wonder what is going to happen. But, I think to myself, but monks are nice. They're so nice. He's not going to be upset that I didn't do the one thing I was not supposed to. He'll be so nice about it and we're going to be just fine. That is not how things went. The monk came to the canteen because he had made an agreement with Arseni, a young man and friend of mine who worked permanently in the canteen, that he would teach him how to drive. The monks sometimes taught people skills that they could use when they returned to the cities so they could find more sources of income. In comes the monk, we'll call him Abuna A, and he's smiling. I told him that I lost the key. Abuna stopped smiling. I grin, he frowns, I am in trouble. Abuna A becomes upset, and I become internally upset because I hate upsetting people. It, um, it upsets me. So much for monks being nice, I think. It gets worse. Abuna A was partners with Abuna B in running the canteen. Abuna B did not want Abuna A teaching Arsani to drive that day. He expressed that explicitly to Abuna A. When he saw Abuna A arrive to take Arsani away, he loses it. He does not appear peaceful exteriorly whatsoever. Abuna A apparently doesn't care and orders Arsani into the car. And then me. I sighed. This was not going to be a fun trip, I thought. I was right about that part. 
As we are driving, Buena A decides to make the comment, Listen, I am not here to babysit you, okay? If you need something, just say it. If you want to go somewhere, go. But I cannot be running around after you to try and figure you out. So I cried a little. Um, I just decided not to show him so that I wouldn't get yelled at. No, it, it, it does get worse. So we're driving around not having the time of our lives. I can tell Abuna A is annoyed that I'm annoyed, but he's holding back. Good, I thought. Exercise them with that monastic kindness. We get back to the canteen and Arsenia is greeted by some guy with a smirk on his face. Arsenia, you must understand, treated that monastery as his own house and the canteen like it was his honor. Every penny was accounted for and his faithfulness was beyond reproach. So, the man asked, how much money did you make in the canteen today? Arsenia looked at him with confusion. I don't remember his exact answer, but the man answered from eventually. How about 3,500 Egyptian pounds? I don't remember the exact number. The man continued, Maybe you should take more care with the monastery's property. Instead of treating it lightly, all this cash fell out of your pocket. He had cash in his hands and he wasn't smiling anymore. Arsani promptly turned some shade of red and sped off to his room. Abuna B shot Abuna A a look. Then he stormed off to his cell. What a beautiful day in the monastery. Abuna A was quiet for a minute or two. Then he began to laugh. He did a monastic facepalm, looked at me and said, This is Shushu. I had no idea what this Shushu thing was. Um, it turns out it, it was the nickname for the Shaitan, Satan. They use it to make a point that the devil's a joke compared to God. Oh, I said, not really sure what exactly I was supposed to do with this insight. I still hated him for rightly hating me. No, no, but for real, it, it's Shushu, he repeated. Okay, so what? I asked him. Don't, don't you see? If it's him, we're all so stupid. We've been playing to his game the whole time. When the devil does this, then we need to flip it on his head. What does that mean? I asked him. Do the opposite of what he wants from you. He answered me boldly. Follow me. Abuna instructed me. We went to my room. Abuna had ordered for a welder and carpenter to come to try and figure out a way to open the door. They failed. So Abuna hikes up his galabeya, his cassock, and he kicked the door down with his legs and feet. I named his muscles Cosman and Maximus. I don't know why I didn't go with Demian. We were all laughing hysterically. See? No big deal. You have your room now. He laughed. Then he turned to me and said, Listen, you're upset. Stop. I didn't mean to offend or hurt you. All I meant to say to you was the monastery is now your home. Don't be shy. Don't, don't make us have to try and figure you out. I'm so glad you're here and I want you to profit, but I just don't want you to feel tied to me or anyone else. That was actually exactly what I wanted at the monastery, and I found out that he didn't hate my guts like I thought. I was just being sensitive and he was, well not being sensitive. I was smiling ear to ear. The next thing that I witnessed was beautiful. Abuna B had returned to the canteen. Abuna A took me with him and boldly stormed the canteen, making a prostration of Mathania at the feet of Abuna B. Achtit, I have sinned, he declared. You asked me as a brother not to take our sin to drive, but I did anyway. I have sinned. Achtit, I beg you to forgive me.
I wouldn't be in a total panic, starts prostrating himself to Abuna A and saying, No, 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 no. I I am the one who has sinned. It's me who sinned, Abuna. It's me who sinned, my father. It's me. I shouldn't have insisted on my position. Forgive me. They started kissing each other's hands and crying and making up and doing prostrations. I dabbed my eyes with tissues and thought, this is the stuff you read about in the books. After they were done being monks, there was one more thing that had to be addressed, Arsani. Together we walked toward his room and we knocked on his door. But Arsani was not willing to answer. He ignored the knocks altogether because sometimes we just like to sulk. When knocking was not enough to solve the issue, they forced the door open. Each monk sat next to either side of Arsani. They tried conversing with him, but it was not working. So Abuna B started talking to him using baby voice. Yes, I, I mean that voice you use when you're talking to a baby and saying things like, My beautiful sister, you honey you. <laughs> he used baby voice and repeatedly asked him, are you upset, Arsani? He ignored their questions. That is when Abuna B decided to take the large bottle of water from in front of them to use in novel ways. While using his va baby voice, he said, Don't be sad, Arsani. Then he poured it all over Arsani's head. Why? No idea. It worked, though. At this point, not even Arsani could hold back the laughter. Everyone was laughing hysterically. Nobody had any idea why Abuna B decided water was a solution, but it was actually hilarious. We all went back to the canteen, and we together cooked a meal. And we gave thanks through the sharing of a common meal. We dipped our bread in the same plate, rejoicing in the Lord and in one another. Abuna A smiled at me. Welcome, Imalim. That's a colloquial expression somewhat akin to, welcome aboard, Captain. Real warfare does not always look how you think it does. Don't let the devil get to you during these hard times. He wants us to flip out, to fight, and to point fingers at one another. When we pontificate about why we are right or yell about how hurt we are, we do exactly what Shushu wants. Don't let him. Everyone has opinions about the right thing to do or not do is right now. I'm not a relativist. I'm not pretending there's no right or wrong. What I am saying is that by using this time to be more divisive, we lose out on the blessing of having a different kind of Eucharist. If we had not reconciled that night, my entire life would have been different. I decided to leave the monastery when I first felt slighted. The monastery singly changed the course of my entire life and I would have lost it over a room key. Let's look at our situation and flip it on his head. God is good. Let us love one another. Let us share the bread, laugh hysterically, and give thanks. We hope that you have enjoyed and been edified by today's episode. If you have any questions and wish to reach Father Anthony Paul, please send an email to ap at freedominchristianity.com. Thank you for listening to Anaphora Radio.